Welcome, my friend. I am Sam Goldsmith, and this is Nama Slay Type A for women who slay at some things and suck at others. This is episode two, and on this episode, you are actually going to hear from me. So I thought that I would share a little bit of my story with you and a little bit more background info about where the inspiration for this podcast came from before we jump into hearing from some fabulous guests over the coming weeks. So this podcast has been titled Confessions of a Reformed Type A, um, and I think that's an apt title for, for me and for um, me to share my story under. So I guess um, I wanted to share with you a little bit about my own story and go a little bit deeper into where this concept of Namaste Type A actually came from and what it's really about. Does that sound good? Awesome. Let's jump in. So just to share a little bit of my story with you, um, I guess I feel like I've always been a type A personality and I, I remember um, I, in my, even in my childhood just always having visions about the future and goals and things that I was thinking about and planning about and dreaming about that would happen um, as I grew older and what would happen in the future. So I probably have always had those type A personality uh, tendencies. And I said in the previous post that I don't use the type A in a derogatory way, really as a descriptor term that we can relate to. And I actually personally love that, that I have those characteristics um, in my personality. So for those of you not aware, that uh, type A phrase was kind of coined by a group of cardiologists that noted that a lot of their patients that were really highly strung and um, had heart disease and various other things were um, shredding kind of holes in the arms of the weight of the chairs in their waiting room and they made a correlation between the people who were highly stressed and their tendencies to <clears throat> be high achieving and have stressful jobs and also extrapolated that out to their financial situations and their dem all their demographics. And, um, you know, they realized that those shredded uh, waiting room chairs correlated with those kind of go-getter, high-stress jobs and uh, high-income brackets and people putting a lot of pressure on themselves. So that's a bit of background info about where that term actually came from. But um, I don't share it in a negative way. I actually enjoy that. I don't enjoy those, um, <laughs> those negative health characteristics, but I enjoy um, the dynamic living that a lot of people who have these type of personalities enjoy because um, they are active and wanting to, wanting to strive and wanting to experience and wanting to get all the juice out of life that's possible. So I felt like that kind of all of my life and I became super independent at a, at a really young age. So I started living by myself actually in my early teens and I was looking after myself and working and doing various jobs. I think I've done about a thousand jobs um, in my life and I love referring to myself as a multi-passionate entrepreneur because I just love having my fingers in lots of pies and getting, um, getting exposed to lots of amazing things all around the world. So I did a lot of different jobs like that. Um, um, in my teens and ended up um, going a bit uh, waylaid and uh, getting into a partying lifestyle and uh, all of that kind of stuff that so many of us have been through and um, I found myself at the age of 20 with a baby and I had no skills and no qualifications and I suddenly became fearful that I wouldn't be able to um, provide for my child so 
I decided to go to university and become a nurse because I had always been really interested in health and I'd loved, I was actually fascinated um, by the stories that I would hear from nurses, other nurses in my family sharing about things that they'd experienced at work and actually how present they were with these really powerful um, personal moments in people's lives. And that's what really drew me into wanting to be a nurse. So I thought that that was a great opportunity that I could go and get these qualifications and that I could feel like I could always find a job that I would always have enough money to take care of my child. And that was a way for me to kind of alleviate that stress straight away. So um, fear of not having enough money was really the driving factor um, for that decision. So I did that course and I became a nurse and because I was, or I am a um, type A type personality, I didn't just do the course. I actually um, did accelerated learning and I became an emergency nurse and I did my master's in critical care and I started working in all these really high stress environments that were really <laughs> suited to my personality and I actually loved that. Um, and I started um, just kind of growing my professional um, kudos, I guess, and I was able to then go and live overseas. Um, so through that work, I've been able to travel all over the world and all over Australia and um, get really high paying jobs and um, really stable income and be able to take my, um, well, at the time, my tiny daughter um, in tow with me all around the world and all around Australia doing this different work. Now, when my daughter was about two, I also started getting into a lot of alternative health stuff and becoming really interested in um, spirituality. And actually, I've been interested in spirituality all of my life. I remember questioning religion when I was in a religious school in in my early primary years, but that's probably a whole another story for another time. So I really started getting into health and wellness and spirituality um, at that at that same time I started practicing yoga and really starting to take notice of my food and moving more deeply into vegetarianism and um, other spiritual practices so um, all of that was kind of in the background and I was working in my nursing role um, really to provide income um, for my family so over that time, I also started working with a lot of amazing um, thinkers and amazing teachers. And I ended up studying for, wow, maybe 12 or 13 years um, under Anthony Robbins and Dr. John Demartini, Dr. Wayne Dyer, um, so many amazing thought leaders um, of our time. And through that work, I started really working hard on myself and um, what I thought were my visions and my dreams for the future. And I started pushing myself extremely hard. Um, I was working a lot of hours. I was doing a lot of things so that I could create um, various other kind of income streams. And I started a private um, kinesiology practice and investing in things in the share market, investing in property. And I ended up going into a really long phase of property development, which I loved, but it was really um, a highly stressed kind of situation. So I was doing renovation for profit and buying and selling and um, renovating houses and doing all these kind of things at the same time as studying various other qualifications and looking after my child and working in a full-time job. So a lot of that time I was working as a nurse educator um, at a university in Melbourne and then at other public hospitals 
um, in Queensland. So all of that was a lot. And, you know, as you can see, it's super aligned to that um, type A personalities that I was describing. So throughout all of that, I just loved that that personality characteristic of mine was able to drive me into really just getting a lot of shit done. Um, and I love that I could set these crazy goals and, you know, and working with Anthony Robbins and studying under Anthony Robbins just expands your mind so much to think about just, you know, amazing goals and amazing um, possibilities for your life with really practical um, actions in tow to be able to achieve those. So I started to come up with these massive goals and what seemed to be like crazy plans. And I just knew in my heart without a doubt that I could make those things happen. So I love that that personality type has allowed me to achieve all these things in my life and to become quite successful in my life. Um, and I guess that was all okay to a point. But as I started to look at that more deeply and I started to move into more deeply um, connected spiritual practices, I started to see the flip side of that. And the things that I don't like about that personality um, type or those personality traits is the fear that's often underlying the desire to push forward. So pushing forward out of fear. And I don't like that throughout that time, I often put other people's opinions ahead of my own. Uh, and I often ignored my own gut later to my detriment because I was giving away my power to my teachers and to my guides. And I started to become more consciously aware of that perhaps in the last kind of five to seven years. And I started to think of all these other things that I just wasn't happy with or I wasn't satisfied with that were coming as byproducts of this really driven behavior and this striving for excellence and for success. So the kind of things that I don't like about it are the times where I've been really driven to sickness in my physical body. So where my body has literally been so exhausted and I've still pushed through that I've really um, done a disservice to my body and to my organs and to my, my energetic being through that. I don't like that I have screamed at my child more times than I care to imagine because I've had to work and I've been under the pressure of deadlines and I don't like that I've missed pretty much all of her early primary school um, special events because I was working ridiculous hours and um, in roles where it was not acceptable for me not to be there. I don't like like that um, I became so overworked and so tired, so exhausted and so anxious that I felt that I couldn't even take a break because I was fearful and scared of dropping the ball and not being able to fulfill on all these goals and um, dreams and promises and things that I'd made to myself um, and to others. And I think back now of so many times that my my child would have just loved to have been just hanging out or chilling out, watching cartoons, eating cake or doing something like that. And that underlying fear of just needing to succeed and needing to, um, you know, present myself in this, this way that I felt that I had to be in the world drove me to not be able to do that and to go back to focusing on work and to, you know, being committed to my deadlines. So those were all the things that I don't like about that personality type and, the, and those traits. And what I really realized was that 
all the things that I was striving for with that behavior weren't even the things that were going to really make me happy because I was so disconnected from myself and my own, you know, guidance and kind of putting my putting my opinions out there um, related to what other people thought I should do or what other people um, what other people saw as being successful that I really lost sight of my own guidance and where where I was going um, with myself so you know I ended up having uh, men who loved me not being satisfied earning six figures plus not being satisfied having a massive portfolio property portfolio not being satisfied um i often joke that people say i look 20 years younger than i am but still not satisfied um i traveled all over the world i wasn't satisfied i had contribution projects going and connection to charity and to really meaningful activities and i still wasn't um satisfied so what I did was I finally got really real and had a look at my life and I really consciously chose to choose love instead of fear. And through that, I chose to completely leave a workplace that didn't honor me um, and actually completely leave a career path and a field that didn't honor me as a person. Um, I chose to have a look at what was a multi-million dollar property portfolio and actually see it for the truth of what it was. In my mind, it was this kind of uh, golden goose that I would achieve on or I'd pay out on sometime in the distant future. But when I looked at it through the eyes of truth, I actually just saw that it was a massive big debt. Um, and it was really comp forcing me to compromise my values and compromise prioritizing myself out of fear that I wouldn't be able to continue to maintain that if I let go of these other things in my life. So I, um, I chose to, to really see that for, for what it is. And I chose to stop comparing myself to other people and to measuring myself against their standards. So I guess I, I feel like I consciously just made a decision to put my head down, my bum up and just to stay in my own lane and to focus on how I felt um, and to use that as my strongest guiding force into the decisions that I would make and the way that I would move forward in my life. So though that was kind of, that's the, um, the, the synopsis, I guess, or the overview of, of my story and how I ended up um, where I am now. And where I am now is a really amazing place where I get to live my life in, in a state of alignment most of the time. Um, and I get to do work that I love and I get to be financially rewarded for that um, without having to do any of those other things that that I just mentioned that were, um, you know, really separating me away from myself. One of the biggest challenges for me <clears throat> to move, excuse me, to move into that space was um, to really let go of the language patterning or the thought patterning that I had around the language associated with things like flow and ease and grace. Because when I used to hear people say words like flow, I used to either one, think that they were full of shit or two, I would actually nearly have a heart attack and stop breathing. Because for me, the thought of um, living a life in flow or not pushing and being in flow was kind of like just stopping and being lazy and not taking action um, and not get any not getting anything done. So I hadn't actually made that link between, um, 
you, you know, what, what flow, living in flow and living in alignment really is and um, how we can still actually move forward and be a, a fully functioning person, not like we've had a lobotomy floating along and <laughs> living our life in flow. So, you know, that was a real stickler um, for me to get to get past. And really what that helped me to realise was um, that this is a big reason why why positive thinking doesn't work, why affirmations don't work, and by you know just saying let's not speak of unwanted things that doesn't work. Um, and so many people in my coaching practice try doing these affirmations and doing these different things, and they say you know it's not working. I'm not feeling better. I feel worse. Blah blah blah. And what I realized through my own experience was that you know. None of that works because we are all subject to universal laws. There's just no escaping them. And the universe is responding to how we feel, not to what we're saying or what we're doing or what we're telling others. So if we are spouting off affirmations and we're you know, doing all of those practices just to tick a box and to feel like we've done it and because it's a, it's a stepping stone in, on the pathway to our goals, but inside we're still feeling fearful and shit, then that's just not going to work. Um, and I was able to realize that really powerfully through my experience and go really deep um, go really deep with that and focus on just how I feel and whether I felt like I was in a good space. So initially I felt a tremendous amount of fear. I was really in fear and I was um, thankful for my 17 odd years of personal development and um, strenuous yoga practice for the discipline that that has given my mind to be able to work through that fear of um, of stopping and just releasing control and not micromanaging and not feeling that I needed to be all over everything or other people were going to drop the ball. Um, and I, it really just took my my grit really like my muscle of retraining my mind and not allowing myself to go into that deep kind of fear space so I started to I noticed that I started to feel better just innately inside and it wasn't connected to any particular activity it was just really connected to stopping the things that made me feel bad and focusing on the things that made me feel good or feeling good within myself. Um, So I started to actually feel this comfort of being in alignment and I made that my number one goal. (laughs) And when I think back on it now, I can actually feel like this visceral feeling of fear that would come over my body when I even thought about, um, you know, saying that I was going to prioritize how I feel or I was going to prioritize my alignment. But that was what I did. I decided I was just going to prioritize my feelings and I was going to prioritize my alignment. And through doing that, I actually became really, really highly attuned to this decision-making wisdom that is within me and within us, within everybody. Um, And many years ago, I'd actually written some channeled work about living a life, um, you know, guided by your inner compass. And I really hope to share that with people over the course of these podcasts. But 
um, that was what really, really started happening. It became not a practice, but it actually became my life. Um, so this process of purification, um, of surrendering, and then uh, of receiving is really how I have gotten into the space where I am today and um, where the inspiration for this work and um, the things that I'm hoping to to share and contribute with um, with my work and my programs and things like this this podcast. So throughout all that time, you know, sometimes I went to yoga, sometimes I didn't, sometimes I ate really well, sometimes I didn't, sometimes I stayed up really late, sometimes I slept a lot. Um, I slept a lot actually. I think we'll have a podcast just around that because I do believe that um, that that was a big part of a transformation that occurred in my life. But, you know, sometimes I said yes to things, sometimes I said no, but throughout all of that, I just checked in with myself in my heart and listened for um, for the sparks of intuition or information um, to, to lead me. And I'm not going to lie, you know, sometimes through that, there was probably a period of about two years that I felt really great sometimes. And other times I felt like every disgusting thought and hideous fear that I'd ever had about myself or about my life was um, coming true and that I just couldn't bear it in that moment. It was, it was so overwhelming to me that, you know, I just felt like that second I couldn't live, but it would come out. I would come through that and, you know, move into it, into the next stage and, and that would go away. So it wasn't, um, it, it wasn't always good. <laughs> there was plenty of times where it was really awful. And again, I was so thankful that I had that experience of having trained my, um, my mind and, you know, gone through all of those practices that I had as becoming a yoga teacher and um, doing all of that work for so long just to help me be able to ride that wave of discomfort that came um, came by changing changing in this way. So through all of that, my inner wisdom just grew and grew. It's not actually my wisdom because it's always there, but my attunement to my inner wisdom just grew and grew. And so many of those fears and insecurities and comparisons and things that I had felt, they just suddenly started to fall away. And it wasn't because I was doing anything, which was a real revelation to me and probably to anybody else who shared these type A characteristics that by doing nothing, a lot was actually getting done and things were falling into place. So what came out of that was really just me honestly and literally not um, caring what anybody said or did or didn't do or did do or what they thought of me or what they thought of my um, opinions. It All of that kind of stuff just started feeling separate from me or just rolling off me when it happened. Um, and I really feel that that's, that's an answer to a prayer that I've been praying for my whole life because I wanted to, I've always wanted to feel that I could live in this space of just spaciousness and, um, and just connection to the whole world without feeling um, any of that icky, horrible, negative stuff that I've been telling you for the last half an hour. Um, so all of that kind of stuff just started to roll off me. And I know there's an amazing quote. I just can't remember um, who said it or I can't remember it exactly 
in this moment, but it's something about um, nothing more dangerous than a woman who doesn't who, who doesn't care or something like that. Anyway, I'll look it up. I'll try and share it with you another time. But I really felt that and I felt the power that was associated with that. And it became kind of addictive to me. And I just continued to prioritize living my life, um, you know, in alignment. And as long as I was in that state and I was feeling aligned, everything else in my life started to feel, um, to feel like it would flow. It flowed. And that's really where this work came from. So it's come out of my own experience. And um, I know that there are many other people, there are many other women like me and your story or your um, drivers might not be associated with workaholism or um, creating financial abundance like mine has been, but it will be somewhere where you are treating yourself with that with that type A relentless drive. And I've said it many times before that it could be, you know, how you treat your body. It could be how you strive for perfection in your parenting. It could be, um, you know, how you strive for that in your relationships or, um, you know, a million other things. But there's an area of all of our lives where, where we feel like we are not good enough and that we can't just relax and we can't go into flow. So, um, yeah, that's my story. And that's where this um, idea for um, sharing this work has come from because I do believe that we need to be mindful of our health and our well-being and we need to be exposed to spiritual practices and to try on many different hats and find teachers and pathways and different things that can lead us to um, you know to greater levels of health and well-being and mental spaciousness and spiritual spaciousness to allow us to flow on these journeys and they're all different um certainly that we have so i really hope that as i share my own story with you and i share the stories of other people who have experienced these pushings and these dysfunctional drivers in various areas of their life that um, a lot of what they say will really um, resonate with you and um, and will will help you in your life in some way so I guess all I want to say to end this um, this episode is just to really prioritize being kind to ourselves and to allow ourselves to allow and just see what happens so staying in our own lane um, lifting others with our thoughts and our words and our deeds embracing imperfection um, choosing to be real and actually share authentically um, that's really scary I know especially if you're if you're a type a because you want to be in control and you want to know what's going on and all of that but I'm um, I'm really hoping that we can just um, learn from the amazing people that are on are going to be on this podcast and take on what suits you and let go of what doesn't and um, find a way to um, absolutely slay the shit out of every good thing that we want for ourselves and for others and for this beautiful world um, that we call home and I thank you so much for stopping by and listening to this episode and um, just giving uh, your time to 
you know, yes, learn something for yourself perhaps, but also to give me a platform to share um, what's in my heart and, um, you know, potentially have it help somebody else, which is a really massive part of um, my purpose and what I feel I'm here to do. So I thank you for um, giving yourself this time. I thank you for giving me this time and I look forward to um, sharing and seeing and growing with you um, over our journey together. Talk soon.